Hey friends, it's Weston, and I wanted to take just a second to thank you for listening to the Bowling Green Christian Church Sermon Podcast. If someone recommended this message to you, I hope that it encourages you. If you're here getting caught up on a week you missed, I hope that it challenges you. And if you're a visitor checking us out, I hope that it helps you connect with Jesus and his church. Whoever you are, whenever you're ready to take your next step closer to Jesus or to connect with a BGCC family, know that we're here for you. You can learn more about how to connect with us by downloading our app when you text BGCC app to 77977. There in the app, you can submit prayer requests, find out about upcoming events, and even give to help support our ministry, including this podcast. It's my prayer that God uses this message to encourage and equip you to take your next best step in life, which is always one step closer to Jesus. Amen. Good morning, church. Good morning, good morning. My name is Jesse Bays. Um, I'm the worship pastor here. I'm also the high school pastor. Um, isn't it good? Isn't it good to worship in the house of the Lord with each other? Man, man, man. Um, I love worship. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm actually preaching today. A thing that, um, a thing that probably most of you guys know, don't know, and a thing that I'm sure he doesn't know is that today is actually, actually Pastor Appreciation Day. Um, and so let's just, I wish I had something really funny to do. I don't, Wes and I don't have like a, I, I thought about like photoshopping something funny, but none of it felt right. Next year, for sure, when I have a little more um, time under my belt here, a little more job security, I'll do something really funny on the screen. <laughs> this year, this year though, let's just give him a round of applause and let's just thank him, man, and his family. Woo! They do so much good for our church. Um, this week we're going to cover Revelation 2. Last week we covered Revelation 1, um, and it was awesome. But, but before we get into any of that, I need to get something just out in the open. We just need to go and tackle it, and here's what it is. Are you ready for it? Okay, this side's ready for it. This side isn't. That's okay. I'll speak directly to this side. You are strange. You, no, don't laugh. You are too. You're all strange. Look, look to the person next to you and say, you're strange. Some of you guys have been waiting your entire life to tell that person that they're strange, and this is your opportunity. Say it again. You're strange. You are strange. You are strange. I work with high schoolers. High schoolers, a lot of times, in their, in their time of personal evangelism, what they do with, with their friends is oftentimes they do what we do. We just do it a little more sneakily. They just try to convince them that, you know what, being a Christian is just like you. We just don't drink and we don't cuss right? Right? Um, we adults do it with different things, but that's kind of the gist of it. I'm here to tell you this morning that you are strange, that the life of a Christian is strange, that you are completely different than the rest of the world. Paul tells us to walk this earth like we're foreigners, like we're immigrants, like we're aliens. That means we believe things. We, 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 we talk different. We walk different. We eat different. We, and we do that in such a way where people on the outside have to look at us and say, man, they're not from around here. Right? Right? You are that strange. You are that different. If you don't believe me, let's look at Revelation chapter 1. Let's look at Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1, it, it begins with John, and he's on his knees receiving a vision. Church, you believe in visions. You're weird. You believe in visions. Not only that, the person who's giving him the vision is a man named Jesus. Jesus is a man who just so happened to also be God, lived on this world with, with a perfect life, died for the sins of mankind, rose back to life. By the way, rose himself back to life. 
Think about that one for a second. Rises himself back to life and then ascends up into heaven. He flies into heaven. You believe in that. If you believe in this book, then you believe in that Jesus. You're weird. You're strange. And it's that Jesus who's giving John a vision now. And it opens with seven letters. It opens with seven letters. If you remember last week, Wesson said that Revelation um, numbers mean a thing, right? And so what the number seven means, it means... It means completeness. It means wholeness, right? So he's talking to each specific church, but he's also talking to the church as a whole, right? Sort of like, sort of like the song, Hey There Delilah, is for Delilah, but wait, it's to Delilah, but it's for all of us, right? So, so it's to her. There are things that are so specific in that context that we can never understand. Just like in each of these churches, there are things there that we can never understand in the same way in, in these letters, there are things that we can never understand, but in it, we can learn more about the heart of Jesus Christ. It's for us. Does that make sense, church? Does that make sense? Okay, let's pray one more time, and then we're going to dive in. God, you are holy, and you are kind. You are holy, and you are kind, and you have convicted me this week, God. I ask that you would move in our church, you would move in our hearts, you would move in our minds. In your holy and precious name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. Revelation 2, what we're going to do is, is, is we don't have time to tackle all these letters. I had to choose between doing that or making the funny joke this morning um, about Hey There Delilah. I chose the joke about Hey There Delilah. It clearly paid off, no one laughed, so totally worth it. Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to tackle one of the letters that really struck me this week, and, and then we're going to tackle the letters as a whole. Are you all ready to go? You guys? Yeah, you guys awake? Yeah. Okay, Revelation 2, to the angel of the church in Ephesus. To the angel, angel here likely just means messenger, right? So to the pastor or, or the messenger in the church of, of Ephesus, the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands says this. Okay, if you remember last week, Jesus tells us what all these are, right? He says, I hold these seven stars in my right hand, meaning I hold power over all of the heavenly realms. I am supreme. I am in charge. There is nothing underneath me. I hold the heavens in my hand. Not only that, but these left lampstands, the seven lampstands, it represents the seven major churches or just all of the churches, right? And so, so Jesus says, okay, I hold these cosmos in my hand, but I also walk among the seven lampstands. I walk among the church. I walk, I walk, I walk. Where have we heard that before? Oh, in Genesis, in the garden. God walks with Adam and Eve. He shares company with them. He shares fellowship with them. Here in Revelation 2, Jesus is saying, I walk with these churches in the same way that I walked with you in the garden. I now walk with you, the church. Church, already that's good news, right? Already that is good news. Jesus says, I, I share literal and supernatural fellowship with you. He goes on to say this. I know your deeds and your toil 
and your perseverance. And let's, let's stop right there. Jesus sees your good deeds. Jesus sees your good deeds. And turn to the person next to you and say, he sees you. He sees you. This is an affirmation. Jesus is saying, I see your good deeds. I see the things you do. One of the reasons Katie and I fell in love with this church in the beginning is that this is a church that loves its city well. It is. It just is. Um, a few years ago, you guys drew a hard line in the sand, and you said that we are going to be a church for our neighbors. You love your city well, so much so that when Micah stands up and gives a presentation about chair team, I know we're going to have a, a hundred volunteers, right? 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You serve your city well, and Jesus says, I see this. I see this. I affirm this. Um, he says this, and that you cannot tolerate evil men, and you put to the test those who call themselves apostles, and they are not, and you found them to be false. He says, he says I see you do good deeds. I see you do good things, and that also you hold good teaching. You hold good theology. You care about what you believe. Church, another reason why we fell in love with this church is because you care about what you believe. You do. Did you know that almost half of the people sitting in this room right now attend a weekly small group? That's a crazy stat. That's unheard of. Almost half of you, look around right now, almost half of you attend a weekly small group because you care so much about learning more about Jesus. You care so much about learning more about the story of God. That's a good thing. Jesus says, I see you. I see you. I appreciate that. He goes on. And you have perseverance and have endured for my name's sake and have not grown weary. Just by a show of hands, let's be brave. How many of you guys have experienced the hardest two years of your life in these past two years? And yet, here you are, and you're sitting here, and you're singing about the goodness of God. You have persevered for the name of Jesus Christ. That's what that means. That means that no matter what, you are in it. You're not going to walk away from his name. No matter what the world throws at you, no matter what the virus throws at you, you're in it. You have persevered for the name of Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus is saying. He says, I see that you do good things. I see that you believe good things and you do those things no matter what. So he says, I see you do good things. I see you believe good things and you do those things no matter what. And in that equation, we find the summation of the Christian life. The summation of the Christian experience is in those is in those three things, right? That's it. At least that's what Ephesus truly believes. At least that's what Western Christianity would lead you to believe is that this is it. Is that you believe good, you do good, and you do that no matter what. Jesus, remember the man who walks among the seven lampstands, says, I think you're missing something from your equation. Let's look at 2, 4. He says, but I have this against you. Everyone say, uh-oh. Uh-oh, yeah. But I have this against you. That you have left your first love. He says, 
you know what, you're doing good and you're, and you're believing good and you do those things no matter what. Nothing can stop you, but you forgot me. But you forgot me. I'm sitting here, I'm walking in between these churches. I'm trying to walk with you. I'm trying to have fellowship with you. I'm trying to have company with you, but you forgot me. You forgot that the supernatural presence of Jesus Christ exists in the world today. You forgot me. Just like he's standing with John, he's standing with us. And you forgot Ephesus. At least, at least Ephesus does. Church, I wonder for a moment if we can close our eyes and do like Jesus says where he says, therefore, remember your first love. Why don't you close your eyes right now and remember your first moments in Jesus. Now, if, if you're not a believer, you're probably sitting here and you're wondering, okay, this is a silly thing. This is one of those things that you can't understand until you are in Christ. And I want that for you. But if, if you are in Jesus, as you close your eyes and really do it, I'm serious. As, as you close your eyes and remember, do you remember the sweetness you remember the tenderness, all the secret moments just in between you and Jesus were about anything, but man, I just want to be closer to him. I just want to be closer. You know, I was, um, I was saved um, three times. I just kept coming to the altar. Um, I didn't know that you could just do it one time and you would be saved, right? Like, like, I didn't know that you just needed to experience the love and the mercy of Christ one time and you would be saved. I just wanted to be closer to him. It really wasn't even about heaven and hell. I just wanted to be closer to Jesus, closer, closer, and closer. I got baptized two or three times for the same reason. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to be closer to him. I would, um, I would sit in my room, I would grab my guitar, and my mom was telling us, um, And this story this weekend where I would actually grab my guitar and I would go into my room and I would, I would shut the door, I would turn my lights off and I would sing for hours um, songs like, um, He loves us, oh how He loves us. Like I would sing that over and over and over again. And listening to it now, you're like, oh, okay, that's not so bad. I was not a good singer then. I was certainly not a good um, a guitar player then. I drove my mom crazy. It wasn't a, I didn't do it because I loved to sing, I did it because I love to be closer to Jesus. I just wanted to be closer to Him. I mean, this is why the old timers, they sing that song, uh, Nearer, my God, to Thee, nearer to Thee. They just loved to be close to Jesus. They remembered that's what was important. And this is my fear. Right? This is my fear, is that we would go to all of our our Sunday morning activities, we would go to our youth groups, we would go to our small groups, we would join all these teams, we would serve, we would serve, we would serve, we would, we would suffer in the car for hours listening to the misery that is Christian radio, and you would, you would serve, and you would serve, and at the end of your days, at the end of your days, you would stand up in front of Jesus, you would lock eyes with him, and Jesus would say, I never knew you. And his heart would break. That's my fear for us, church. This is the story of the church of Ephesus. Great people, great Christians, door totally closed. 
through the person of Jesus Christ. And this is their story. Is this, is this resonating with anyone this morning? I wonder if right now, if, if just in your own heart, if you would ask yourselves, have I forgotten my first love? Have I forgotten Jesus? Right? Because what happens, you start and, and all you care about is spending time with Jesus. It's not even a heaven or hell thing. You just want to spend time with Jesus. And then, then what happens, you show up to um, a worship service and some of the emotion isn't there. And so you, so you start closing that off and you say, okay, like maybe Jesus doesn't really work like that. And maybe, maybe, maybe I was just really emotional that one time. So you slowly start closing the door or your prayers. You start praying and, and you realize that some of the things you're praying for, they don't get answered. So you start praying smaller and smaller and smaller prayers. And your prayers, instead of miraculous and supernatural, they turn over here to practical and rational. And they, they stop becoming, how do I spend time with Jesus? And they start becoming, what can I get from Jesus? And our worship, man, it, it does the same thing. Because as you close that door, as you close that door, you stop spending time with Jesus. Your worship goes from like this like supernatural holy thing where it like doesn't matter what I feel. I'm going to sing no matter what just because I want to be close to Jesus. And if this is a way to do it, I'm going to do it. It goes from that to like some glorified version of karaoke with clean songs. Is this resonating with anyone? Yeah. Close your eyes again and remember your first love. Remember when you started. Man, weren't you on fire? Weren't you on fire? There was nothing that could stop you from getting to know Jesus more. There was nothing in this world that would stop you from praying. Man, I would sneak out of my house to go pray. There is nothing that would stop you. But then slowly, we get older, we get wiser, we start closing the door. Jesus says, repent. And that's a command from the man who holds all of the cosmos in his right hand. That is the command from the all-supreme God who sits on the throne of heaven. He says, repent. Do the things that you did at first. Do the things that you did at first. Pray like you did at first. Worship like you did at first. Give like you did at first. Like, like you had no clue what you were doing. You were just, man, I just want to be close. Repent and do those things. Or what? I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Notice how that's what the discipline is. His discipline isn't, I will extinguish your lampstand. His discipline, what should be scary for us, is that Jesus would say, okay, all these lampstands that I'm walking through, I'm going to take yours and move it out of my path. That's what should break your heart. If that doesn't break your heart this morning, the idea of that, man, man, please repent. Please repent. This is kind of the flow of each of these letters. It starts out and Jesus encourages them. He sees them for what they've been doing right. And then he moves into... Um, a discipline where he, he, he calls them to a repentance. And then he says this at the end of each of these letters. He says, to the one who conquers, you shall. 
to the one who conquers, or some translations said, victorious, some say, um, um, to the one who overcomes, but to the one who conquers, you shall inherit this. And Jesus starts listing these beautiful qualities of what we will be like in heaven. He's talking crowns, he's talking robes, he's talking power, he's talking authority. He starts listing all these things and says, to the one who conquers, you will inherit this. But you're not a conqueror. You're not a conqueror. You're not strong enough to conquer your sin. Are you kidding me? You're not self-disciplined enough to overcome your sin. You think you can make yourself perfect? Are you out of your mind? How about you've been trying that for years and still you are with sin in your heart, sin on your hands and saying, God, please make me perfect. You're not perfect. You're not a conqueror. No, no, no. Because my Bible says in Romans 8.33 that in Christ you are more than a conqueror. That through Christ, when you walk with Him, you become more than a conqueror. That all these blessings He listens, those are for conquerors. You're more than a conqueror this morning, church, if you're in Christ. If you're walking with Him, if you're talking with Him, if you're spending your time with Him, you become more than a conqueror and all these blessings are added unto you. They are yours in the name of Jesus Christ. Church, that's good news. I don't know what you guys are doing. You guys are awake, you're asleep. That's good news, church. They are yours in the name of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter, like, do good, believe good, do those things. No matter what, Jesus wants you to do those, but out of a love for being near for him. He doesn't want you to do those so that you become a conqueror. Are you kidding me? Guys, guys, Jesus is our salvation. That's why we love him. That's why we want to be near to him. Jesus is is our conqueror, and we are in him. That's good news. There's freedom in that this morning, church. There's freedom in that this morning. And so some of us this morning, we need to repent, not because you're bad people, but because you forgot about Christ. You forgot about your first love. You forgot about spending time with the supernatural person that is Jesus Christ. You let your prayers get ordinary. You let your worship get callous. Some of us need to repent this morning. Because of that, and what does repentance look like as far as that goes this morning? Come up and, 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 and fall on your knees and pray like you used to. Throw your hands in the air and pray like you, and pray like you used to. Worship like you used to. Love your family as a person who, who is changed radically by the life of Jesus Christ. Start giving like you used to. Start doing these things like you used to, even if you don't feel it, because that's what faith is. Doing things when it doesn't feel real. Start doing these things like you used to, and that is your repentance this morning. That's your repentance. And Jesus understands that we're going to need to repent. That's why at the end of verse, or at the end of chapter 3, he says this. This is chapter 3, 20. He says this. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me.
listen, I'm knocking. I'm knocking. If you hear my voice, I'll come in with you and I'll dine with you. What he's saying is like, if you hear my voice, I'll come in with you and I'll have fellowship with you. We'll live our lives with each other. We'll live our lives with each other. Some of us need to repent in such a way where we will say, I want to live, well, I want to live my life with Jesus again. Some of us need to hear the knock of Jesus Christ. There are some people in this room who might look at me and say, you know what, I don't know that I've ever heard truly the knock of Jesus Christ on, on my heart's door. I don't know that I've ever truly experienced Jesus Christ. I don't know that I've ever truly walked with Him. I've certainly never dined with Him. And, and, and for you, I want to say this, this is a knock. You being here this morning, this is a knock. You hearing the gospel, like I just told you, that's what the gospel is. You hearing that, that's a knock from Jesus Christ on your heart. You don't have to feel it. Man, Jesus is moving in your life, and he wants to keep moving. He wants to keep being with you. And so some of you need to repent and say, I'm going to do the things like I used to. Some of you need to just open that door, maybe for the first time this morning. And if that's you this morning, why don't you come up here? I'll be sitting right there. Why don't you come up here and please pray with me. We'll open the door with each other. I would love that. I would love that. That's not like, oh man, I'm so, like, I'm the worst person ever. That's just saying, oh, I like everyone else need a savior. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray like we used to. We're going to worship like we used to. And we're going to repent together as a church this morning. As one church, let's just be brave. Okay, church? If you would close your eyes and pray with me. God, you are so holy. God, you are so kind. Please, Jesus, move in our hearts. Give us the courage this morning to repent even if we don't feel like it. Father, give us the courage this morning to chase after our first love. Please, King Jesus, move in our hearts.